Because it's one thing for folks to read your book and glance at the questions that you ask and the things that you talk about. It's another thing for them to intentionally sit down and ask themselves the same questions and to take the time to write them out. There's a huge difference between thinking the answers and writing the answers. Welcome to the Book Desserts podcast series. I'm your host, Carrie Dobson. I'm so excited to have you here as we explore the sweet side of author-led groups. This podcast is for you if you're already an author or you have a book in the making. And when you think about the impact that you want to have, yes, you have your book and you want to go beyond your book and you want some of that work that you're going to do out in the world to include groups. I hope you're ready for this tasty exploration of author-led groups. Let's jump into this next episode. Welcome to the Book Desserts podcast. I'm so excited today because I have a very special guest with us today. Her name is Amanda Stern. She's a really good friend of mine, and she's the person you want to talk to when it comes to any kind of journaling activity that you're going to do, but in regards to this conversation, how you might use journaling in the groups that you have. So welcome, Amanda. I'd love if you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you work with people. Hey, Carrie. Thank you so much for having me. So I always start uh, introducing myself by sharing that I found journaling when I was an angsty teenager. I remember having a really hard day. None of my friends could come to the phone. So I picked up a pencil and a notebook and I started to write. And I wrote for a really long time. And when I was done writing, I felt better. I felt lighter. And I realized there is something here. So I've been journaling for most of my life at this point to one extent or another. And the more I journal, the more ways I find journaling helps me, the more ways I find to journal, and the more ways I find that journaling really works magic in my life and in the world. So I help people really to catch and catch that magic and to hone their journaling practices so they can they can really live lives that feel really good to them whether they are looking to be more grateful more productive more focused more intentional in their lives to really fall in love with their lives is what i help them use journaling to do what i love about what you talk about when it comes to journaling and the reason i wanted to have this conversation with you is you're very flexible in what journaling looks like right and you you know you're not kind of someone who says this is what journaling must be and you must do it in the morning or anything you have this very dynamic kind of perspective when it comes to journaling. I'd love if you would talk a little bit about journaling kind of within a group environment and what makes that different and what makes that special. Yeah. So I want to first pick up on what you said about journaling and give you a definition. And I'm really working on coming up with a great working definition for journaling. But I think of journaling as both the act of journaling, the stuff we create when we journal and the time and the space of journaling. Because journaling is just as much about reflection and making time and setting aside that container to be reflective as it is about our actual product, what you know, what we write in or what we create. Um, journaling in groups is really magical. I do a lot of group journaling um, in every program that I do. And there is this special synergy that happens when we journal in groups. Um, 
because we all could, should be journaling on our own. But journaling with other people really adds this layer of community and connection um, and deep learning. I always think when we journal together, and it looks exactly like that, we start out with a journal prompt, I bring my timer, and when the timer's running, we go on our own journey of self-discovery. When the timer comes off, we come back and are able to share where we've been, what we've learned. And I love to watch people's faces as folks are sharing because I can see eyes light up and those light bulbs go off and the gears start turning and the pens start scribbling. And people say things like, oh, that's what I was trying to say. Oh, I feel that way too. Really? I thought you were so put together, but really you're going through the same thing that I'm going through. And it's just this beautiful way to journal deeply, to learn more deeply and to build connection and community in ways that I never dreamed possible before I started journaling in groups. Absolutely. What I love about what you just walked us through in terms of the process is you know, a lot of people that I talk to when it comes to leading groups, they get really uncomfortable with silence and bringing journaling into a group is required silence and it's timed. And you're real, like you really are, you are silent during that, because as you said, everybody's kind of going on their own self discovery journey. What can you say about that silence and kind of how you handle it or, or kind of what you do to, to make sure that you are comfortable with that silence? Yeah, I will say I had to learn to like silence. I'm a person who spent most of my life in rabbit mode. Go, 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 go. So learning to be still, learning to be quiet is a skill I had to build. It's a muscle I had to strengthen. Um, I always tell people in my groups, I don't play any music, whether we are in person or over Zoom. Um, but if that's your jam, cool, have a playlist queued up so that you can have what you need to be successful. Um, I think the most important part is to remember that we all process in different ways. And when you're in a group and you ask a question, there are always going to be people in the group who have an answer right off the bat and their hands are raised even before their answer is fully formed in their heads. And then you will have somebody in the group who wants more time to process, who needs a little more time to get their thoughts together. And it's really important to hold space for everybody. And I think it's this idea of holding space. So when I think of silence as I'm holding this space, um, it makes it easier. It's a gift that I can give my group participants. It's a gift I can give myself. And I ask for that same, um, that same holding space for everybody. I always ask people to be open, to be brave, and to be kind when we journal together. And kindness really encompasses that holding space. I love that. And you're, you're right, right? It's, we, we've all been there where we're leading a group and you ask a question and there's like the two or three people that you know you can count on. They will always have an answer and they're kind of working it out as they talk. But that, that the, the, there's others who really need that kind of time to process and think about it. We used to always call it like public versus private learners, right? And so journaling is such a beautiful way to give both people <laughs> the opportunity because, you know, there is that time of debrief after and sharing what it is that you want. I'm curious if you would have any advice for authors who have a book that would around kind of saying, is my book and my topic, does journaling make sense for it? Would you have any advice for them trying to figure that out? 
Yeah, I would say journaling makes sense in almost every situation I can imagine. Um, and I tell people this and their eyes get really wide, but journaling touches every area of my life. And if it doesn't touch it yet, it's only because I've not thought about how it can touch. Um, my relationships are better when I journal. My work is better when I journal. I like myself more when I journal, all of those pieces. So think about the message you are delivering in your book. What is it you want your people to know? What is it you want your people to do? There are definitely journaling questions that you can ask. There are definitely takeaways. There are definitely ways you could use journaling as an extension, because it's one thing for folks to read your book and glance at the questions that you ask and the things that you talk about. It's another thing for them to intentionally sit down and ask themselves the same questions and to take the time to write them out. There's a huge difference between thinking the answers and writing the answers. Um, and going back to what we were talking about a minute ago about holding space, having people write the answers before they share is a really great way to prime folks for being able to have those answers. So nobody is caught off guard. You're giving people the opportunity to really consider in a safe place what they think. They can test out their ideas. They can experiment a little bit about what, you know, the ideas we're talking about, what they could look like in action in their lives. And it, this private safe container um, can be so, so valuable. I love that, that, that idea of, you know, everybody answers it. So you know that everybody in your group has taken that time to reflect. And then in the debrief or the conversation, people still get to choose. Are they taking part? What part are they sharing? It's not like now hand in your journal and right. So it, it, it ensures that people take that time to do the reflection, to consider the questions, but then it also says, and you can take part in the connection part, however works for you. Yes. And I will say for anyone who's listening and is freaking out because they don't want to make anybody share what they wrote, um, that's not what we do. The debrief is really cool. Does anyone want to share your experience? What came up for you? What did you think about? Was this prompt hard for you? Um, was it easy? What came up? What did it remind you of? What connections did you make? No one is ever required to share and no one is ever expected to read what they wrote verbatim. Though I have been in groups where people have gifted me with their words. I've got one client who shares the most remarkable poetry every time and her words are such a gift. And I hold it as such a sacred, special thing that she's willing to, to share, but that anyone is willing to share. That is really where the magic happens. Sharing is our currency. And I think that's such an important part is, you know, um, I, I work with authors when they're putting their group programs together and we talk about what are the rules of engagement or the house rules and kind of co-creating those. And what I hear you talk about is kind of maybe the additional or really you know, a next level role of those rules when it comes to the journaling component so that people really can feel safe, right? Because yeah, you know, it's one thing if they want to read it, it's a whole other, if you know, you're kind of self-censoring yourself because someone's going to make you read it. That just makes me feel so uncomfortable, the idea of it. Yeah, absolutely. And my groundwork rules, I, I call them guidelines. Um, They're be open, be brave and be kind. Be open because we don't always know what we're going to see written 
you know, on the other side of our pen. Uh, sometimes we think we know what the answer is. And there are many, many times I am surprised at what I see. So be open to whatever comes out. Be brave because sometimes we uncover things that are uncomfortable that we don't like. Um, but even if we uncover something that feels uncomfortable to us, we've given it some space. We've given it air to breathe. We have given ourselves just enough distance between our brain and the page to get some perspective on that and to figure out what we're going to do with it. We can't solve any problem that's in our head that we're not willing to acknowledge. We're not able to fix anything that needs to be corrected if we're not willing to recognize that it exists, right? So to be open, to be brave, and also to be kind, to be really kind to ourselves. There are so many people that I've worked with and talked with who just bring levels of perfectionism and expectation to their journaling. And we can't be having any of that, right? Our journals should be a safe space for us to hold space for ourselves. So be really kind to yourself while you're doing this work. Um, that means don't judge, don't judge. Don't judge the quality of your ideas, the um, word choice, the your grammar, your spelling, how nice your penmanship is, how straight your margins are, any of those little things that, hold us back. So they're really not so little, right? So just be really kind and be really kind to other people, which speaks to what is said here in group stays here in group. And I have found really that using these three guidelines helps set up these safe spaces where people know, okay, this is my place. It is safe for me to do this work, whether they want to share, whether they don't want to share, um, everyone is equally as welcome. Absolutely. I love how you've laid that out and just really the safety that you're talking about creating both for the person themselves, but within the group that they're working in. Um, so with that, I'm just going to ask you the one final question. If you could kind of give someone one like easy, small step to take. So some author who's out there that's got a group or is thinking about a group and is wondering about the journaling, what's that one small step you'd get them to take to get kind of more comfortable with the idea of it? Yeah, I would start by coming up with three questions. What are three thought-provoking questions? And they don't have to be anything revolutionary, right? What are three questions you can ask people that pertain to the topics in your book? Bonus if those questions can lead people to action, right? And just test them out. Test them out yourself. Test them out with a friend who has read your book. Test it out with somebody that you trust. And see how it see how it fits see if those are the right questions not every book needs an accompanying journal though a lot of books do not every book needs a whole component um of journaling but even just three questions of things to think about can be really impactful i love that and what i heard you say earlier in in regards to this too is a great place to start is the book you already wrote because you probably included questions in there, whether they were like the end of chapter questions or even within the writing. So within your book, you probably already have those three questions. So if you're worried about the three questions, go back to the book and find them in there. Amanda, I want to thank you so much for this conversation. It's it's such a great conversation to have because I think journaling can have an amazing impact on the groups that authors are leading. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for inviting me in, Carrie. 
Well, authors, that concludes this episode of the Book Desserts podcast series. If you're ready to start exploring how to go beyond your book with group programs, I encourage you to visit our website at jjdak.com. That's jjdak.com. On there, you can download our Design Your Groups with Ease workbook, which has some great checklists and questions you can ask yourself when you're thinking about designing your own group. If you're more interested in having a conversation with me, your host, Carrie Dobson, you can go ahead and book a complimentary group program clarity session right there on the website. I'd love to have a conversation with you about your book and about your group that you'd like to put out into the world. Until next time, may your dreams be filled with your own book desserts. Mm -hmm.